0: With Conair Girl Bomb. Available at ConairGirlBomb.com or a retailer near you. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was we'll wooded! But be careful because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Huh? Oh! Gene, run!
2: Hello, from Wonder Media Network, I'm Jenny Kaplan, and this is Womanica. This month, we're talking about rebels with a cause, women who broke rules that were meant to be broken. These women took major risks to upend the status quo and create meaningful change. Today, we're talking about the first Black woman to run for vice president of the United States. She was also a lifelong journalist and activist who made her life's work to end segregation and discrimination. Let's talk about Charlotta Bass. Charlotta was born in Sumter, South Carolina. Her exact birth date is unknown, but it's believed to have been around 1880. Her parents were Hiram and Kate Spears, and Charlotta was one of 11 children. By 1900, she'd moved to Rhode Island and attended Pembroke College. There, she had her debut working in journalism at the Black-owned Providence Watchman newspaper. After a few years, she moved to Los Angeles, where the warm weather helped ease her asthma and arthritis. Charlotta took a job at The Eagle, the oldest Black newspaper on the West Coast. The newspaper's office was nestled in a neighborhood full of Black churches, bars, and businesses. Charlotta started at the newspaper by selling subscriptions for $5 a week. But soon, she found herself documenting the racial realities of her neighborhood and of Greater LA. When the founder and editor of the paper, John Nemoore, got sick, he asked Charlotta to take over for him. Charlotta later said that decision was the talk of the town. No one had ever heard of a woman running a newspaper. And it didn't help that the newspaper was actually owned by a white man. He offered Charlotta his support for her new position on the condition that she be his sweetheart. To which she said, get out, you dirty dog. She borrowed $50 to buy the newspaper at an auction. Charlotta had her work cut out for her as the new owner, editor, and publisher of the paper. She started by renaming it the California Eagle. Charlotta also hired a new editor, who later became her husband, J.B. Bass. With his help, Charlotta grew the paper to be the largest black-owned newspaper on the West Coast with a circulation of more than 60,000. Over her 40 years running the newspaper, Charlotta focused on stories of racial discrimination and inequity, to shed light on these issues and to push for change. When the movie The Birth of a Nation came out in 1915, Charlotta denounced it in the paper for glorifying the crimes of the Ku Klux Klan. She also reported extensively on police brutality, workplace discrimination, and housing segregation. She even started the Homeowners Protective Association in 1945, which challenged housing covenants in the courts. These covenants made it illegal for Black people to live in white neighborhoods. A historian at the California African American Museum said Charlotta wasn't ahead of her time. Actually, she said, I think she was right on time. She had very sophisticated ideas about what the United States could be. Sometimes, Charlotta's strong stances made her a target for dangerous attention. Once in 1925, members of the Ku Klux Klan showed up at her office late at night. Charlotta pulled a pistol out of her desk. She later wrote that she didn't know which end was which, but she figured it out and scared the intruders away. Charlotta's husband would often tell her, Mrs. Bass, one of these days, you're going to get me killed. She would reply, Mr. Bass, it will be in a good cause. J.B. Bass passed away in 1934. Charlotta continued to run the California Eagle until 1951. By then, she'd been involved in local politics for a few years. In 1952, she ran as the first black woman for vice president in a bid with Vincent Hallinan, a San Francisco lawyer. Their campaign was a long shot, but Charlotta didn't care. Her slogan was, win or lose, we win by raising the issues. Dwight D. Eisenhower won the presidency, and his running mate, Richard Nixon, became vice president. But Charlotta's campaign was still a win for American history, and she was hailed by civil rights leaders of the time for her work in shaping the country's political agenda. When the campaign ended, Charlotta moved to a smaller city south of L.A. She remained an active community member until her last days. In 1960, she published her memoir, and nine years later, she passed away. All month, we're talking about Rebels with a Cause. For more information, check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Womanica Podcast. Special thanks to Liz Kaplan, my favorite sister and co-creator. Talk to you tomorrow.
0: Looking for hair removal tools that not only deliver smooth results, but also empower you with a sense of complete control? Enter Conair Bomb, your secret weapons for smooth, sleek results made just for women. From the ultimate Girl Bomb grip and professional grade blades, you don't have to compromise and settle for less. Conair Girl Bomb equips you with the precision and power previously reserved for men's grooming tools. So take your hair removal routine to the next level with Conair Girl Bomb. Available at ConairGirlBomb.com or a retailer near you. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Jean! Gene Fodor! Jean, was wooden!